Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! 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 What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. He answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. That's Matthew 19, guys. Matthew chapter 19. That was uh, the Lord Jesus. That was his perspective on uh, men, women, creation, male female it's apparently not very popular in uh 21st century to uh to think like jesus no about body parts and gender and well you know basically i mean science you could say jesus or you could say science it's science it's science um hey i'm uh i'm jeff derby the coming ninja that's luke the bear right there and you're alive i am alive it was we had to, to, yeah. to field uh, luke had to field phone calls today uh from i guess apparently call it cross country uh someone had sent a message off to pro-life organization yeah. saying that i had died yeah uh so i'm not sure where that came from nope well Him. no haven't traced it all the way back yet so but. sorry to disappoint but i'm still <laughs> here <laughs> um all right, so hey, apologiastudios.com is where you guys go to get more. A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A studios.com. Hey, and just, I, I, I want to get through this quick because uh, our, our guest today has limited time with us. But just a war- forewarning, we don't know what the future holds. And of course, you all know we believe in the victory of the uh, Messiah of Messiah's kingdom. However, we might have a little sliver of time and moment where we're at, where things get pretty rough for us. And so remember that website name, apologiastudios.com, because there's no guarantee that we'll be on Facebook or YouTube for very long, uh, especially with uh, episodes like this one. Uh, yeah. So you all saw the um, title of today's show it is bathrooms man parts and lady bits bathrooms man parts and lady bits all right so um i'm gonna put this up here this is uh, from an old movie as for like from when i was a teenager uh in it's definitely a 90s film um you know this is sage wisdom i mean this very very good wisdom right here from this child and uh, i wanted y'all to see it now miss o'hara is going to talk to you about something very important so I want you to pay real attention to what she has to say, okay? Remember, no fear. Thanks. Yeah? Boys have a penis, girls have vagina. (laughs) 
Well, you taught them the basics. The basics. <laughs> the basics. Uh, and that's, that's good because the, you would think that, you know, those are the basics. And the amazing, th- the amazing thing about that is that was actually, I, I'm pretty sure about that. That's the 90s. So it doesn't take very long for a culture to decide that no. isn't, that's not the basics. Okay, years. so I'm, I'm going as fast as I can, and I'm going to show you all this uh, controversial 22-second commercial, which caused the controversy that we're going to be talking about today between uh, Christchurch, New St. Andrews, and the uh, city of Moscow, the mayor of, uh, of Moscow. Uh, so here we go. This is the uh, controversial, which you haven't seen yet. You haven't seen this commercial yet. Uh, no, 22 I seconds. Uh, not much to it, but it uh, seems simple enough. That's a great commercial. It's I love a, the zipper sign. It's like it's a great commercial. There's a ginormous. The, the amazing thing about that is that there's a ginormous man and a ginormous woman uh, on the on, on the bathrooms. Doors. Huge. Oh, okay. No, it's like it's not on the door. It's man and then woman, right? And then they go into their respective spaces wearing actually similar clothing. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to talk to Doug Wilson about it. Doug, welcome to Apology Radio. Uh, glad to have you on today, brother. Thanks for having me. Good uh, to be with you. Good to be with you. I know your time is short. So uh, 22 second commercial. It seems obvious enough, men, women, and there's even a dress uh, in the symbol. Uh, but the mayor of Moscow uh, did a public post in the city of Moscow's Facebook uh, platform and talked about the fact that they are, he's proud to serve as mayor of Moscow, culturally diverse, welcoming community, very welcoming. Uh, and uh, he says, um, I steadfastly support the person's right to think differently than I do. Huh. Except you, Doug. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently, yes. And, they, go ahead. Accept people's right to think differently, but there are limits. There, there's definitely <laughs> limits. Yeah, there always is. And uh, it's it's as you always say, Doug. I've 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 used it a lot since uh, since you taught it to me. Uh, it's not a question of whether we're going to have a law that governs us, but which law, and whether exactly. we're going to have a God, but which God. And right. so you can talk about tolerance and all the rest, but at some point, people are going to protect their creeds and their confessions and their dogma. <laughs> Uh, so, so Doug, talk to us about City of Moscow and the mayor's uh, response to your commercial. Yeah, the, the irony of this is that um, we made this ad, and the ad was a sticky, it, it went places, it's over, over 330,000 views so far. So it was a, wow. an ad whose time had come. Right. <laughs> Apparently, uh, yes. So it was a uh, an effective sticky ad that way. Well, it really took off, and a bunch of our local intoleristas were apparently upset by it. And they and a number of them made counter ads or parody. You know, they try using the filming the same public bathroom, doing different things, uh, and apparently got to the mayor. The mayor issued a declaration of inclusion and tolerance. Well, the the thing that is striking as i said in my blog post responding to this that that bathroom which is right off of friendship square in moscow and is right next door to new st andrews college right? yes. so it's, it's right there well that bathroom is very new it was just built within the last year or so okay mm-hmm. so it's a very maybe a couple of years old uh so it's a very new bathroom and it was built under mayor lambert's uh uh, tenure Under, yeah. during his watch. So they they built this little hate space, this little hot, uh, you know, yeah. hate spot uh, <laughs> with 
seg sex segregated bathrooms where it's very clear the men go over here and the women go over here. Right. And then we made a commercial which showed a man going into his assigned space assigned to him by Mayor Lambert. And the woman goes into the space assigned to her by Mayor Lambert. And then he attacks us for not being inclusive. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, it's 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 uh, the the thing that boggles my mind is it, is it seems so simple and uh, it's such a convoluted contra contradictory worldview that we're world that we're living in right now. I can't even believe you're having this debate, Doug. Um, I, I I know yeah. my grandson, uh, my grandson uh, wrote to the mayor and told him basically that you're being in inclusive in a way that excludes every major world religion. Yes, mm. that's yes. <laughs> Right. How, what your idea of inclusive is simply North American secularists. Yes. That, hmm. And if it if it fits within that little tiny uh, space, then you want to include it. Yeah. If it doesn't, you won't. Right. He says this, Doug. He says in Moscow, we are a community of acceptance and inclusiveness for all. The words for all mm. are there. It says our public policies support this philosophy and we openly promote our community's social and cultural diversity as a wonderful and invaluable asset. All this is said in the space where it's attacking the ad mm. and right. the Christian culture that accepts male and female. Mm. So right. the truth is it's not for all right. and it's not everyone's cultural diversity. Right. Um, it's it's secular humanist diversity claims, right? right. And, and it's we don't accept Christian culture. Right. And that's that's the humanist, the secularist humanist dilemma, because every every religion the deity must be one basically right ultimately and if demos the people if humanity is the deity then humanity must be one mm -hmm. mm. and so that's the decree that's the dogma that goes out we are all one well what do you do with the people who say no we're not <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> well, you've got to shut those guys up yeah because they're disrupting the party so if we want to continue to say humanity is all one, we're all the same family of man, then you cannot tolerate the people who are maintaining that there's the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. That's a powerful thought. Very, very good. And so uh, I know that I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to your um, last couple things you've done this week. I think you did a podcast on the subject. Um, I, so, yeah. I, I know you wrote a blog on it. Um, I absolutely loved your response. I'm going to link to that so everyone gets a chance to, to see it. And uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, it was, uh, there were some swirly things coming through Moscow. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say that. What would you say? I'm not going to say it was a tornado, but there were some swirly things that deserve addressing. Um, so what's, what's been the result uh, after the mayor posted this and uh, heralded their inclusiveness and sort of attacked your pers perspective, the Bible's perspective on gender and things like that? I know that I heard that some, there was some vandalism or attempts of va vandalism mm -hmm. at, at Christchurch property. Uh, yes. And, and one of the restaurants that's uh, owned and operated by one of our members uh, on Main Street, it was it was vandalized. And then it wasn't a major wasn't major vandalism, but they uh, pulled over a great big flower pot and dumped it out on the sidewalk in front of our our church office. Wow. And as I said, uh, I tweeted about that and said, I can't figure out how they how they figured out that that was our memorial to Robert E. Lee. 
<laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, any, I mean, any response? You obviously, you even responded, I, I thought, uh, clearly and graciously under the mayor's uh, post and uh, tried to help him to see. Uh, any more responses from the city of Moscow or the mayor? Well, we have several things going on uh, right now because last Sunday, as it, uh, uh, the irony of this is last Sunday, we, uh, at Christchurch, we have three services. Uh, we have a Christchurch downtown service, and then we have two services in the field house, uh, Logos field house. Well, we're preparing for the fall. We, the elders decided some time ago, independent of coronavirus and everything, that we wanted to have two services in the summer that was all the services together. Yeah. And uh, which we did last Sunday. So we had one big service um, at the field house and that that was last Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then on on Monday, we had the the mayor come out with his statement against New St. Andrews ad. But the same within the same breath, basically, the mayor also issued a seven day decree that everybody in Moscow has to wear a mask all the time. Mm. Uh, in, in, when you go out, you have to wear a mask down the street, down the street. Uh, basically, um, you have to wear a mask or um, maintain social distancing. So if you're standing out in the street all by yourself, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you interact with people, um, you've got to either wear a mask or distance. Well, this was pretty clearly aimed at our church service mm -hmm. the, the day before. Well, the thing to notice about this is the juxtaposition. On the same day, Mayor Lambert said, you've got to bow to the trans um uh, the transgender agenda so that we can feel safe. Mm -hmm. And you've got to wear masks all the time so that we can feel safe. Mm -hmm. Now that tells you that there's some sort of deep connection, I, th I think, um, here, because they want to define, they want to, uh, as I've said many times, our culture wars are basically a battle over the dictionary. Mm. Okay, how are we going to define terms like safe? Mm -hmm. I, you know what what do we um who determines what is safe who determines what is not safe what who determines what is unsafe uh so mayor lambert says it's unsafe for us to not wear a mask because we might spread the virus but he also says that it's unsafe for us to have boys go in the boys room and girls go in the girls room mm -hmm. <laughs> right right that's that's that has to fit within his definition of unsafe as well right 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 now, I, there's one other little wrinkle here that I think that Christians need to be careful to think through. Um, we don't have at, at my house. We don't have separate bathrooms for men and women. Um, it's just a common, common bathroom. And I and you, you may have been uh, in restaurants where they've gone to uh, unisex bathrooms, mm. which I have no problem with because it's they're one seaters, right? Right. Right. Um, if the the issue um, in all of this is when you have multiple stalls mm -hmm. and a little five year old girl going in and then a six foot six transvestite guy going in after her, mm -hmm. uh, that's the issue. Right. Okay. That's the issue. Um, uh, the issue is not um, the nowhere in the Bible does it say that men and women have to use different potties. <laughs> right. right. That's right. exactly the. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah. the issue the issue has to do with protecting women not protecting right. space for men and space for women it's protecting women from predatory men mm. that's what we're talking about that's right and this and the secularists don't want us to protect our women don't want us to be right. able to protect our women that's what this is all about also if you notice on this um uh on the me too on the me too movement and on the black lives matter movement all of this has morphed over time into uh i, I saw how quickly black lives matter m morphed into black trans lives matter yeah. of course yeah okay yeah and this is the the most massive cultural appro appropriation of all time okay white pervy men have co-opted the civil rights movement uh, feminism, every every movement that has come before them, it w somehow winds up with their transsexual perversions. Mm -hmm. that, that that's where this is all driving. Mm. Wow, that's powerful thought. And Doug, thank you for that. That's actually very very important to to communicate that truth. That what this is really ultimately about is protecting women. Yeah, uh, I, that, that's that, that's the main issue. Yeah. And we've already seen, of course, the news reports of uh, little girls uh, being attacked in bathrooms because oh, yeah. they're welcoming this sort of a thing yeah. and women being attacked in bathrooms. And I can't even imagine the things that we haven't seen uh, <clears throat> in the public square as a result of these uh, insane right. policies. But, Doug, that's a good point. And, and that's that, I think that shows that kind of pastoral concern that the mayor of Moscow would probably want to hear about. Uh, that this is really about protecting women. Why, why is it? Why, why is it? Is the Christians wanting to protect the women? Mm. I thought we wanted to you know, lower their status yeah, exactly. and sort of destroy them and put them under our feet. Especially Doug, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Doug's that, Doug's <laughs> that guy. Uh, and here's Doug saying, no, we want to protect the little girls and the women. Um, Doug, can I ask you a question? I know you have to go here soon. Sure. Uh, on, on the video, there, there are giant, they're as big as the people, it looks like almost. Ginormous signs. Look, Luke, did you yeah. see it? See, ginormous. Oh. Yeah. Men, uh, she's got a dress on. He didn't have a dress on. No. So she, she goes, she, she uh. follows the, she follows the sign with the dress uh. right there. Right. Did you, did you, did you use uh, CGI post nope. conflict? <laughs> that's, that's how, that's the. That's just the way it is. Biggest life. And it says in, in big, bold letters, men! And then women! Like, it's huge. Not a small sign. You can't really miss it. Oh, yeah, so this is a reminder of what we all used to know. Yes, very much so. I, anyway, I wanted to get you on, Doug, and thank you for your time today. Sorry about all the technical oh. issues. Um, and I wanted to show everyone this and to talk about this. I'm going to put links to the stuff you've done this last week. I thought it was amazing commentary. Yeah. And uh, I want to encourage everybody. Um, uh, Doug's a good friend of ours. We love Doug. And uh, he's he's uh, someone that we greatly admire and respect. And uh, Moscow, he's, there's great things God has done in Moscow and continues to do in yeah. Moscow. But this is uh, that, 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 that conflict that must take place. Christ Church is a very, very faithful church. If you're in Moscow, head over to Christ Church. And if you have uh, uh, kids that are going to college, yeah. nsa.edu. Don't do the gov. <laughs> Not good. The gut will Not be. And one last plug: if you're if you're listening to this later today on Facebook, three thirty, a um, an ad, a New St. Andrews is dropping another ad that this thing we've been talking about was one of a series. We're dropping another ad today on abortion and Black Lives Matter, and that ad is a throat punch. Oh, oh, three thirty. Okay, right. I'll make sure I turn my alarm on for that one. Good. <laughs> okay. All right, Doug. Thank you. Look forward right. to seeing you soon, Thanks, brother.
God, God bless. Thank God you. God bless you, brother. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go. Oh man, I, I have that. I have on a number of occasions kind of chuckled to myself. You go into some of these restaurants or stores, you know, and they're like they're like braggadocious about their unisex bathrooms, and you're like like what Doug was saying. It's like you only have one toilet in there, so so what? Right. You know, but they're like, look at us, we got unisex potties. Right. There's one. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> didn't accomplish that's, anything there. That's not so. the fight we're trying to have. Yeah, exactly. Except the only problem is, and every woman that knows it's a unisex bathroom is, did they put the seat yeah, exactly. up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or did they put it back down again? And generally, when you do share bathroom between male and female, it creates some difficulties. There's conflict for the, there. Yeah. There's conflict for the women. We we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that I have to constantly chastise my young male children about. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you you August. Live, well, not him. Not yet. I will. I'm sure one day I'm going to have to tell him, you live with women, you share the bathroom, love your neighbors, and yeah. make sure that- well, I'm the only dude in my house, so- Yeah. That's but I'm sure you've been- ins- nature. I've well, been, yeah. You've been instructed. You will protect the seat. I, everywhere I go now, I just automatically, because it's ingrained. Yes. You like, you will protect the seat for the women. <laughs> <laughs> you will protect- See, what is it all the Christian men that are trying to protect the seats for women yeah. and trying to protect women from the pervs? I like how he said the pervy white men. <laughs> the pervy white men. He's right, though. He is right. He is right. He is right. I can't and, wait to see that new commercial. Sanger, you know, she wasn't a man, but she was a perv. Yeah. And white, so. That is true. Hey, I want to show you guys this. Um, uh, one of the things you will note uh, from Doug, uh, Doug's presuppositional apologi- apo- apologist, uh, so are we. And uh, Doug does a fantastic job. One of the things I've always admired so much about Doug, where he's really helped me, mm-hmm. um, is is seeing how Doug is able to stand on that position from the Proverbs that says, "Answer the fool according to their folly." So, so Doug's taught me that a lot in terms of like being able to to listen to what a person is saying and to and to look for the foundation. Yeah. That they're supposed to be standing on, but they're really not. Yeah. Uh, look for what they're forgetting, and that's that's been a, a tremendous help to me in terms of evangelism and apologetics in the world is being able to spot that. And it's it's something that, of course, is taught. Like you teach people Proverbs, um, it's uh, twenty six, uh, four and five says, um, uh, "Don't answer the fool according to their folly, lest thou be like unto them, lest you be like mm-hmm. them." And then it says, "Answer the fool according to their folly, lest they be wise in their own conceit." So there's the the standing on your position and not budging. Don't be like the fool. Don't adopt their principles. Don't don't adopt their worldview, their methodology. But then there's the there's the the contrast in terms of methodology. We call it apologetic methodology, and that is where you do the internal critique of your opponent's position, where you answer them according to their folly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you'll constantly see in Doug in his his blog, by the way, highly recommend Doug's uh, weekly podcast and and blog and, blog. Blog and May blog is incredible. It, it is it because here's the thing, like I say, it's it's not something that's just taught; it's caught. Like you have yeah. to sort of like immerse yourself into the conversation and watch it done. That's, I think, one of the best ways yeah. to learn apologetics and why you and I have always had the practice of, of recording conflict and then putting it up online yeah. so believers can learn from that. So, like, right. it's not just, you know, here's the principle and always apply that. Some Christians are like, I don't know what you mean by that. But if they're seeing it in action, they go, oh, I get it now. I feel it. Yeah. Doug is, is, is masterful, by God's grace, at, at doing that. And I want to play this because you see... In Doug's response to the mayor of Moscow, one of the things that he does is answer the fool according to mm-hmm. his folly. He steps into his position. He shows the convoluted nature of it, so there's nothing left to stand on. And then he can come in 
with gospel truth right after that and right. show like and hold up now now this is beautiful what you're saying is not beautiful it's not truth this is beautiful and this is true your position is bootleg so this is actually one of my favorite parts of uh atheist christian debate this is um something i, I don't even know when i actually heard this for the first time all I, I remember though the moment that i heard it i was like that is one of the most epic takedowns because what the unbeliever does, I'm going to set this up for you, the unbeliever will always try to borrow emotional capital yeah. from the Christian worldview, use it against the Christian, and then, and and sort of, you know, a vic- I have victory now, victory yeah. over the Christian, because I've, I've appealed to emotions that I'm not really supposed to have. Mm. I don't have any basis for them, no justification for them, but the Christian does. So, you know, um, uh, I'll, give you an, I'll give you an example uh, of, of how this will work in the, in the unbelieving system. Say, take on the issue, I'm afraid to say the word now because YouTube is reading the words now and they'll demonetize or suppress videos. You take on the issue of, um, of, of how you say in sign language, right? Uh, you know, it's an A word. Um, take on that issue, they'll say things like, well, we should be able to allow, we should be allowed to have this uh, we should be able to commit murder like this because um, of the issue of uh, of rape. That's why. Yeah. Like, don't you? Well, what about a woman who is raped? Like that, she should be able to do this. So they'll they'll take emotional capital that only really makes sense in the Christian worldview, like the idea that rape is is a moral atrocity. In in Scripture, uh, there's a death penalty for rape. Uh, so that's yep. that, you get that from Christianity, like that idea. You're welcome. So you're welcome for that. Um, but they'll they'll take the idea that that rape is a moral atrocity. And again, you can only, you can have in their perspective or their worldview consistently, and they'll use it against the Christian who's trying to defend life. And they'll say, "What about if she was raped?" And and you just sort of have to step into that position and go, "Oh, you know, Christian, that bothers a Christian because we hate rape. We think rape is a moral atrocity and deserves the death penalty." And so they use it against us, and we're like, "Oh no, like rape, that's an awful, horrible thing. Yeah, it's terrible. She's got to be hurt, and that's got to be an awful experience." But remember, they're not supposed to have that. But also step into their position, ask questions like, well, what makes rape wrong? Like mm-hmm. you apparently think rape is wrong. Why is it wrong? And they'll say, well, it's violating another person's body. It's doing something to their body against their own will. Nobody should have a right to do that to somebody's body without their permission. Oh, very good pro-life argument. Thank you for that. So it's stepping into their position and showing the inconsistency of it and saying things like, uh, you know, whoa, okay, so rape is wrong. Uh, do you believe that rapists deserve the death penalty? And it's amazing. You talk to most leftists today and you ask them the question, do you believe that rapists deserve the death penalty? They'll say no. In my experience, largely, uh, you're not going to find many leftists that are saying they're for the death penalty in the first place, right. but especially for rape. They're like, no, put them in jail for this long or that long or whatever the case may be. But if you challenge them and say, okay, so for rape, do you at least believe in the death penalty for the rapist? They'll say, well, I'm not really for the death penalty. Oh, but you do believe in it for the kid. Yep. So you believe in capital punishment, not for the rapist, but for the child, the innocent child who's the son of the criminal. So we, in your system, should actually uh, kill the children of criminals for the crimes of the father. That's that's your system. Do you see how this works? But they start it with the emotional pull, right? Oh, rape. And you go, yeah, that's mine. Like, we we get to say that's an atrocity. That's a moral evil. Not you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but separate in the position. So all that to say... Dan Barker has, uh, we've had him on Apology Radio before and um, uh, early on in our history. Uh, He's a real peach. 
one of, I think one of our intros actually has Dan yeah. Barker admitting that yeah. rape isn't ultimately wrong. Uh, ultimately, there is no cosmic right or wrong. So he admits that as an atheist, but he doesn't act like that in debate. He uses a lot of emotional capital from the Christian worldview. So one of his chestnut arguments is he, he uses the passage from the Psalms that talks about dashing the children against the rocks. Well, he used it against Doug. Big mistake. Oh, this, yeah, this is good. Yeah, big mistake. So Doug turns it around on him by stepping into his position. So I wanted you guys to hear it because it's it's an important one. I'll make sure I don't have this blast your ears out. Okay, here we go. And I'd like to ask, uh, I guess, first, uh, if you have an objection to what God said in the Psalms when he commanded the Israelites to uh, take the enemies of God and dash them, take the babies and dash them against the rock. Yes, I do. That was immoral. That was wrong on objective moral principles. So it's wrong to take an infant's life for any reason. Well, it's. Uh, <laughs> um, it is wrong to take a, a, a baby in your hands and pick it up and throw it against the rocks. That is wrong. That's what happened in there. Suppose President Clinton approved it. Well, then that would be wrong, of course, to pick up a child and throw it against the rock. Okay, now take home. the same baby, put the baby in the womb. Is there an objective moral uh, response? Is there, is there an objective moral um, objection to taking the life of an infant? Uh, yes, of a born viable infant, yes, there is. Are we but, debating abortion tonight? Well, no, you were objecting to God being pro choice. And you, you introduced um, you introduced the whole subject, and, and you said God can't take the innocent human life, but we can. Is that the idea? Well, regardless of whether you think it's right or wrong, if you think it's wrong to commit abortion, then you also have to agree that it's wrong for God to do what He did. Uh, no, I don't grant that. You think it was right? Well, you're supposed uh, to ask. Oh, the oh no, I'm, my, I'm, <laughs> go ahead. Well, absolutely, absolutely, I go. I refer back. I think it's a legitimate question. God. Um, God said in the scripture that the people of God, when they were, um, when they were doing this, were blessed when they, when they conquered the, the, the enemies of God. And the one who took the uh, children of the enemies of God and dashed them on the rock was, was blessed by God. That's in the Bible, and I have no apologies for it. I, and you I'm think sorry, that's I good morality? You think that's not a cruel thing to do? You think well, that's a good thing to do? God is the definition of good. And because God, as the definition of God, is, since we begin all our reasoning from this position, we reason from what God says to our morality. Now, my question for you is, if you object to God doing this, and he is God, uh, and then you deny his existence or deny any satisfactory proof for his existence, on what possible grounds can you object to this sort of behavior? Because... Physical harm is undesirable. It hurts. The basis of morality is that which causes harm is something, that which causes unnecessary harm is something which we should avoid. Inside the womb or out? Either way. It's not my, I'm, I'm not a woman. I'm not going to make that choice. But either way, e even if I feel that abortion is wrong, I don't feel that it's right for me to impose that on a woman. A woman's going to make that choice. Yeah, but the nervous system involved, the baby who's being slaughtered, uh, has a different nervous system than the woman, and you've said that pain, pain to human beings, to innocent human beings, is objectionable. And I want to know why you think it's objectionable. Because we are human beings, and our nature is that we don't, uh, we flee from pain. Pain is useful to us for survival. So pain is, by definition, something that we want to avoid. And so morality is basically wrapped up in the avoidance of unnecessary harm. Sometimes harm is necessary. Sometimes there is a, a real moral decision comes not from a simplistic list of do this or don't do this. A real moral dilemmas come 
when you have a conflict of positive values, it's no big deal to say, should I, should I stab you or shouldn't I, right? But the big deal is, what are the two, what is the, what are the relative merits of the positive values involved? So, sometimes a surgeon, for example, suppose I were to walk up to you with a knife and start cutting into your body. That would be immoral, unethical, and I'd probably go to jail for it, right? Right. Unless, Unless I was a baby. Unless you had a tumor within you, if you had a tumor within you that needed to be excised, then this cutting into you would be de deemed a good thing. It would be causing harm, but it would be a necessary harm for a greater good. So, so morals are relative. Morals are relative to the situation. And there are situations where a woman may decide for herself that she knows this is not a child within her. She knows it's not a baby. This woman knows that this is a developing fetus, and she's deciding. Most women who do have abortions really struggle with the thing, but she's deciding as she's weighing the, the life of her six kids who are born who need her. She's weighing the relative merits, and she's making a decision. I'm satisfied that you've not answered this question. I'd like to ask him. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> I've answered it? <laughs> I'm satisfied that you've not answered this one. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing too. <laughs> Think about what, what you, you have to catch in, in those little moments where the unbeliever hangs them themselves. Mm -hmm. Themselves. Um, just that moment where he says, you know, she knows this isn't a baby within her. She knows that. She knows that. You know, she's and he goes, but you know, a lot of women really struggle with this. Why? Right. Why mention that? Right. She knows it's not a baby, so she can dispose of this life. Mm -hmm. But you know, a lot of women really struggle with this. Why do they struggle with it exactly. if they know it's not a baby? You see how he contradicts himself? You just have to sort of like wait for the unbeliever to, to, to get enough rope to just like hang themselves. She knows it's not a baby. She knows that. She's just a developing fetus. Fetus is Latin for baby. It's a developing baby. Uh, but then he goes, you know, what room we really struggle with this? Well, which one do I believe, Mr. Barker? Which one do I believe? That they know it's not a baby or that they really struggle with it? Um, well, we all know they really struggle with it because they're moms mm -hmm. and it's their baby. They so, use a, a noose to hang themselves that's also used to open a garage door. Uh, do what? <laughs> Did you not see that? No. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you missed that. I uh, know. What's going on? Okay, so this was last week. We didn't have a show last week because we had a lot going on, but... Uh, the, that race car driver, you didn't see that? Bubba I heard, so, I heard okay. something about uh, what happened. So he... <laughs> I can't believe this is. Oh my gosh. So apparently um, now they know what happened, but there's like a like a pulley. He's a race car driver and the open the garage door, there's a rope and it has like a loop on it. I mean it's like a little loop with a rope. Like there's a picture like where the the rope's there and then the rope's gone. And apparently his team, like the rope broke off and they found it like in his garage. And the you know, he's I think he's mixed race but he's you know black and so everybody's like this is someone threw a noose in someone's here someone's threatening him it's racism like it was this big deal like everybody's like supporting him like all the race car drivers literally pushed his car across the around the track you know all this stuff and they got the fbi involved and the fbi came back and was like yeah no that's it was your thing and then they're like oh sorry everyone <laughs> 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 Sorry, it wasn't what we thought it was. All those guys, all those guys that wore themselves out pushing that car were like, "Say what?" <laughs> oh my gosh, it's funny. Um, what I was gonna say, I was gonna say was one thing I love about Doug. I think he's good. It's almost like, uh, remember, like candid, candid camera, like candid camera. Yeah, like yeah. It's almost like whenever Doug's in a debate or like he's, you know, blogging or whatever. It's like he like leads someone along the way and then and then like has that moment where it's like nope 
You're on candid camera. You're on candid camera. I got you. Like, <laughs> oh. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, you know, like that time with, with Barker, like everybody's laughing. It's like, so it kind of makes me think of that. Like, he's good at that. Like, these getcha, yeah. gotcha moments. So. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The internal critique. Yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and cut the show short today. Let's talk about Ken and Karen real quick. Oh, yes. but That's right. Yes. Let's do that. Go ahead. I forgot. I just remembered. So, you know that, obviously. I, I've, all, I've only seen the pictures, and I, I know they were defending their, their property. Okay. Yeah. So, they're... <laughs> oh, man. And they're Democrats, which makes it even better. Are they really? Yeah. I, I, I just learned that yesterday. Uh, yeah. So, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, there was a situation, I believe it was in Oregon, I think... Where the mayor, um, or some some people had written letters to the mayor saying, you know, we need to defund the police and all this. And the mayor, I didn't see the video because it got taken down, but apparently the mayor read these letters and somehow she made it known who these people were and what their addresses were that wrote these letters in. So needless to say, a, a mob, a Black Lives Matter mob, Antifa, whoever they were, they actually were being peaceful from what I understand. There's no weapons, mm -hmm. but they come into this. It's a gated community. So they're going to the mayor's house to protest her. It's a gated community. And so that's when they, that the Ken and Karen people, they're, that were the first house when you walk in. Mm -hmm. So there's this mob of people walking down the street and then you know, they come out barefoot. They're, they're uh, injury lawyers. Okay. And Democrats. Mm -hmm. And they come out with very, very poor uh, trigger discipline. Trigger discipline. I did see that. She had her finger on I the mean, trigger. And she's just waving it around. Ooh, no, like, don't do that. And I guess I didn't catch it. Somebody zoomed in. He had the safety off of his AR. You know, so they're barefoot. It was the pink polo. Yeah. Just, you know, like yelling everybody to get off the lawn. Uh, and, Isaac, you can show everyone what's on my screen right oh, uh, the, the, I love the meme. Did, did Brian make it? His buddy made it. I came here yeah. to cut grass. He sent it to me, though. And drop brass. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the mowing is done. Ken and Karen. Oh, man. I love it. So... I just had it. I'm I'm loving stuff like that. I, I don't know the details around it, but I would say that um, in light of current circumstances, these uh, mobs and all the riots and all the looting that's going on, that's going on. If a crowd came down my street, started making their way towards my house or past my house, I'd probably be armed and ready to defend yeah. my property. I'd definitely have trigger discipline, though. Yeah, you would. Yeah, for you're sure. Not gonna be waving it around with a finger on the trigger, waving the gun around. It's like Karen. She's clearly never shot that thing. Yeah, she doesn't don't know don't what do she that. Doing. I saw somebody made like a fake movie poster for it with it. That's when I first saw it. I thought I literally thought it was fake. I thought somebody like posed for it and they were like making this thing. And then Cheryl, my wife, was like, "No, that really happened." I was like, "Shut up!" So I had to go watch the actual video and stuff. But somebody they named him like Ken and Karen Chad Bro. <laughs> <laughs> my my recommendation in a situation like that is. Uh, if you have a mob running through your street or a crowd of people, and you know it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be wrong to uh, as they're making their way towards your fence or past your fence um, to to be ready with a weapon uh, to have it yeah. on standby and ready to go. If people aren't making a threat towards you and yeah. uh, or at you and coming into your yard, or to, I, I I don't think it's appropriate in any way to start waving your gun right. their direction. Well, that's a felony. Yeah, it's, you can't wave yeah. you can't wave a gun someone's yeah. direction that's not a threat to you. Right. And and also finger on the trigger, guys. If you know anything about guns, most of you probably do. You put your finger on the trigger. That's a commitment to kill, mm -hmm. right? So like that's the rule, right? Trigger discipline is finger off that trigger unless you when you put it all over the trigger you have you're make you are making a mental commitment that I am ready to kill I'm ready to use deadly force because that's what a weapon a gun is 
So I would say for sure, uh, if you're in your yard, uh, definitely you have the right to protect your property. Having a weapon on standby is good, but uh, but pointing the gun at protesters just simply walking by, not a wise choice, not a good decision. And get your finger off the trigger, Karen. Yeah. And to close out the show, uh, Chunk is gone now. So Chunk, Chop, done. Chaz, Fudge. <laughs> Chunk, Chop, Chaz, Fudge. Uh, you made a good point about this. Yeah, yeah. The the mayor. Yeah. The the may the, the the mayor of Seattle was like, oh, it's a bit. It'll be the summer of love. It'll be the summer of love. It's an amazing thing. And like all these businesses, and I imagine there's probably residents and apartments in there. I don't know anything about Chop Chaz, Chunker <laughs> Fudge, uh, whatever the place is. But uh, all those people suffering for all those weeks. Yeah. Right. And I heard that those businesses are filing a lawsuit now against oh, the, good. the state. They should be. They should be. They absolutely should be because you didn't try to protect us. You yeah. didn't do anything. We lost all those business and our livelihoods. Whatever the mm. case is, whatever's going on there, I'm sure people live there. Um, but they didn't do anything. And the mayor was like, you know, oh, it'll be this great thing. It's summer of love. And, oh, they're just peaceful protesters. Well, my understanding is that when they started actually making way to her house, yep. Then she labels them as uh, dangerous, yeah. and it was like within 24 hours, it was like, nope, we're clearing you out. Yeah. It's like, oh, when you're affected. Exactly. Uh, so it's it's just a, it's the same situation with these sleaze bags, uh, these sleaze bag politicians that uh, are are just career politicians. They're not citizens that are trying to represent the people and the interests of the people in right. law. We, we know this world. There are fraudulent people at, at, in yep. these positions. And you've got like this the Chicago mayor that's like, uh, everybody stay home. Beetlejuice will take you and we'll throw you in jail. We'll treat you like a criminal and uh, stay home, stay home, stay home. It's easy to say that when you're getting paid. Yeah. You haven't, did you stop taking a paycheck for all these weeks? Bet you didn't. She got her hair cut, too. And then she says, like, stay home. You have no right to do this. And she's getting her hair cut. And then when she's challenged on it uh, in front of the public, in the public square, her only response is this absolutely asinine response where she says, um, well, you know, I take my personal hygiene very seriously. You know, and I'm in the public eye. I need to look good sort of a thing. <laughs> it's like, do, do you hear yourself talking? Like, he, up here... I need to look good. I need to make sure I take care of myself. But you lowly peasants, yeah. you have no concern for your personal hygiene, and you don't need to look good. Right. I need to look good. And let me just say, if you were trying to look good, you failed. Yeah, take off the Beetlejuice <laughs> makeup. Can I, be, can I be straight about that? Like, uh, There's just certain things we all notice. And um, and I wouldn't have even noticed that she had a haircut. Yeah. No, um, but uh, apparently no. she did. Somebody caught her doing it. But I guess my point is, is that, I guess, why say all these things and why say it in such a harsh way? Well, it, we have to say these things in a harsh way because of the times that we live in. It's not the time to just simply play nice with people's lives. People's lives yeah. are at stake. They're being destroyed by career politicians that don't have the interests of the community yeah. in mind. They don't care about the law. They don't even know the law. Yeah. Like if you were to ask them, like, uh, who makes laws in this country? Supreme Court? They'd be like, yeah, I think so. Um, they wouldn't They wouldn't even know that. We've actually learned that. <laughs> yeah, we learned that. Many legislators <laughs> don't know the Supreme Court can't create law. Um, they don't know. They're career politicians. Look, it's not that difficult. I mean... It has, it has there's certain certain hard things about it. it's not that difficult to to get on a to get on a ballot and to start getting something running yeah. so just because somebody gets to the position of mayor or a governor or whatever the case may be doesn't mean that they understand the law completely right. or that they're really qualified for that position some people get into that position because they had enough money to do it we're talking about joe biden <laughs> yeah some people no it's, it's true like it's in in this in the no, way they, you, they, yeah. they get into this position because they have enough money 
to really kickstart it. And yeah. many people in the, in the in the communities, all they know is like, I saw that name on a sign a bunch of times, yep. and that's my color. It's red or it's blue. Yep. I saw it enough. Yep. And that's what they're looking for at times too. Yeah, like when no, you get right. a, a mailer, politicians put a mailer in the mail, they just want you to have the 10 seconds from the mailbox to the door where you just saw the name. Mm -hmm so that the name is burned into your brain. You may not know anything about the person. All you know is like, oh, that person, I've seen the name and they're my color. So on the ballot, you click that box. Doesn't mean the person's qualified or that they should have they have any right to be there, but that's just the way that our country works yeah. right now. And uh, and we gotta speak against it. But my point is, is, is these governors, mayors, these officials, legislators, uh, need to be called out, confronted, and uh, confront, confronted, of course, in a righteous way with a righteous standard, which is God's law. And we ought to be doing that because, you know, it, if you're living, say, I pick a place. Uh, you, 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 you came from a nice little town. Um, well, it, it, Chicago was obviously yeah. difficult, and you have um, in Indiana. And so, but it was what was the name of your city? Griffith. Griffith, Griffith, Indiana. Nice place. Uh, I, it, it's, it's, it is a nice place. It's, it's a lot of families and. Uh, you know, you're in a place like that. Maybe you're not feeling the pinch of all this tyranny that, say, people in Chop Chaz, Fudge, and Chunk were feeling. Um, you're not feeling it like them. Uh, you know, and if you're in South Dakota right now, you're probably not feeling much of anything. Yeah. Like, you know, a uh, good governor cares about the Constitution there. But my point is, is like Christians, you have to speak against this sort of sin and tyranny or it only escalates right. and it grows because the Christian witness and light is removed from the darkness. And so you do have to speak against it. You do need to call uh, uh, call out something like uh, the mayor of Chicago's statements that are just so offensive. Yeah. And and the mayor of S Seattle. Is that the right? I think that's the right person. Mayor of Seattle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fact that she does nothing yeah. to protect these people and these businesses. And then all of a sudden when it starts to come close to home, yeah. literally, um, we're going to finally say something. Yeah. Well, how about our governor? Doocy. Uh, did you, I don't know. Did you watch his press conference? Um, which the, the most, the most one, recent one? Yeah. So, you know, he yeah. put us back into phase one, which is just, you know, it's just, it's him. This is talking about career politicians. It's clear. He's just covering his backside Yeah. because it makes it look like he's doing something. But then when you actually look at stuff, what he's actually saying and the rules and everything, it's like, you're not really doing anything. You're just making it look like you're doing something. Right. But the, th I, the thing that made me really upset, as I started watching his press conference, and just right off the bat, he says something like, I know we're asking a lot of, of our people. I know we're asking you to... It's like, no, 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 no. You're not asking. You're telling. Right. <laughs> you're not asking people. You're telling people. Without the force of law, by the way. Yeah. You but, are yeah. telling businesses, which kudos the Mountain fitness or whatever mountainside fitness Mountain side, yeah. yeah uh who's standing up against that but you know you're telling people that they can't work and that they can't operate their businesses that they need to survive because right. of some stupid awful quarantine thing that doesn't do anything you know and so i i don't know if you saw my post i i it reminded me of when we you know when we were a kid i played a game called kick the can i don't know if you've ever played on your kid but the point is like it's, it's like he's just kicking this further down the road right you know, it's like COVID nineteen is yeah, here. It's just you just keep kicking it. It's like okay, we're gonna quarantine a little bit longer. It's like guess what? When you unquarantine, there's gonna be and you start mass testing again. You're gonna start seeing more. Them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 but you're not just. It's not just a game, right? That's what I was saying. Like it's not just a game. You're actually playing with people's livelihoods, and that's where I think finally people in Arizona are. <laughs> 
bad enough and yeah. they're fed up. But well, you're right. That's the point. Is that people's livelihoods? You know, it's it's yeah. it's a big deal to shut your business down, not be able to feed your kids. Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of a big deal. And the thing that I've said since the beginning of this is like I'll have more respect for the politicians, the governors, the mayors, whatever the case may be, um, who say I'm not going to take a paycheck either. Yeah, through this, but they're not doing that. No. I'm not going to take a paycheck as long as I'm telling you to quarantine, to stay home and to not work and, and risk your family's financial situation. As long as I'm telling you to do that, I'm going to do it as well. Yeah. I, I would actually say, OK, I think some of the things you're doing are ignorant, but, you know, hey, kudos, kudos to yeah. you for trying to be consistent and like live with your community right. and do what's right. At least you're trying to be consistent, but you don't see that. These people continue to get paid. Yep. They continue to to be to feed themselves and to care for their needs. And then they're telling all the lowly peasants, you guys, don't worry about your businesses. Don't worry about shutting down. Right. You know, you know, if, if you're going to suffer, you're going to suffer. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like while, while they're, you know, it's like, what's your grandma Gugu uh, does the... <laughs> thing where she you know they, she, she does this live video where she opens up these uber expensive refrigerators she has, oh yeah like, yeah and then yeah, she yeah, like, so. shows like all the delicious ice cream she has at the bottom of her yeah. thing she's like i'm really suffering at home it's like yeah sure you are sure you are in your expensive home with your expensive kitchen your expensive fridges while everybody else is uh. suffering they're supposed to suffer but yeah you're really suffering um you know, I'd like to spend a week in her house, not yes, with her there. Yes. No, I don't want her to no. be there. But I'd love to have to spend a week in her house. I'm sure it'd be a great Airbnb rental. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, be a lot of fun. But I mean, this is it's it's difficult. I guess we are going to go do a full show yeah, today. Well. So the the issue with like COVID nineteen and and coronavirus right now. Um, look, look, we want to be cautious how we say this because we want to respect people and yeah. we understand that people have loved ones who who have significantly Absolutely. suffered from this. We've said from the very beginning, it's a very serious illness. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not a hoax. The illness. The virus is not a hoax. The virus is real. Mm. It, it, it's a real virus. People are really dying from it. But the mortality rate is so low that it is comparable to or less than things that we deal with on an annual basis. And consistency would say, if you're going to shut the world down and destroys everybody, destroy everybody's lives because of this, you're going to have to do it again in November, December, and January yeah. when, when we're dealing with the, the other issues. That's not saying this is the flu. No, it's not the flu. It's COVID-19. Right. But we looked at the mortality rate. And early on, the big concern with all the governors and mayors and all the media was the mortality rate, the mortality rate, the mortality rate. Like, this is the thing that scares us. This is a serious issue. And so, you know, this thing gets pushed in further and further down the road. All of a sudden, people start saying, well, we're going to die. And people are literally dying mm -hmm. from being shut down like this. Mm -hmm. And so we got to open up. And uh, look, the, this, the mortality rate's not as high as you said it was. Why are we shutting down like this? And so everyone goes, yeah, we need to open up. And we'll do it with caution. And everyone says, yeah, that's fine. We'll do it. We'll care for each other, be protective, and do what we can. And then they, they open back up again, and then all of a sudden they go, oh my gosh, the COVID-19 cases are out of this world. They're rising. And it's like, because, because you're doing all the testing, because everyone's yeah. doing all the testing. And you made us stay inside when we should have been out. And they're, de exactly. And they're demonstrating clearly, and this has been admitted by, by, by the organizations themselves. We're talking about CDC and other, other organizations that the COVID testing the rates of positive are actually inaccurate. They're mm -hmm. inaccurate. Now, when you know that data is there, look, they're admitting, yeah, you know, the COVID testing stuff, it says positive, but the accuracy in that is like, you know, lower than we thought it would be. So you got to take all those things and say, wow. Um, so, so what you have is numbers of COVID-19 positive cases is rising because, of course, the virus is here. 
it's going to spread. There's no way out of it. There is no way out of it. You're, like Luke says, you're kicking this thing further down the road. You're going to have to have this virus spread. And I hate to say that, but it's got to make it. It's. I'm not saying, hey, everybody, let's, let's go ahead and get it. I'm saying there's no way out of it now. It's here. It's here to stay. It's going to work its way through. There's just no way out of that. That is a scientific fact. You could talk about, well, let's, you know, let's flatten the curve. You can only do that through just basic protections, but you're not going to bake, you're not going to erase this thing and and not have it as a reality by having everybody shut their businesses down, go back, hide in their homes again. It just doesn't work that way. And then when you look at all the cases, you're like, well, because everybody is, is, is testing now and you go, oh, but even the cases that we have, those are, many of those are just false, not really positive. And you go, my goodness, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing to our neighbors by destroying their lives, their livelihoods for this? Now, you've heard us talk about this. We had a sermon to the governor, to, to Doug Ducey. I, I said, you know, this is serious. We need to take it seriously. Uh, but we need to love our neighbor as the primary thing. That has to be first mm. and foremost. And it's all of our neighbors. If this were something like, say, the Spanish flu or if it was something like uh, the Black Plague, yeah. if we're talking about losing one out of every three human beings in our state, you're going, whoa, this thing is serious. It affects everybody the same way. Whether you're young or old, it's going to hit you the same way. We've got to do something and protect. But even still, you got to say, but we don't want to destroy the whole world because of it. So you have to be very precise and wise. In this case, it's admitted. Yeah. It's admitted that this affects like this this population in in our in our uh, in our, in our country, and everybody goes, okay, so let's protect those people. Mm. That's what you should be saying. Let's do everything we can as a community to surround these people right. with proper social distancing um, and love them and protect them uh, most of all. Right? Let's take all resources and protect those people, the ones that are most affected by this. That's what we. That would be a sane a rational way of handling this to say, hey, everybody in America right now, let's get our country back and let's protect the people who need us most. Let's give them food. Let's invest money in their protection. Let's do everything we can and let's zero our sights in. I bet you all these companies that have lost millions through this would go, uh, I'm in for that. Mm-hmm. Like, let's open back up mm. and let's all invest all the millions that I would have lost into protecting that community. Let's send them food. Let's do whatever it takes to protect them instead of destroying the whole lot of us. That, I think that's a more rational, wise, loving thing to do when you have the data that specifically says, yeah, it's a fact. It affects these people over here. Right. Elderly, immune systems compromised. Uh, but question, why'd you destroy the rest of society? That's the question that has to be asked. And especially in this case now, Luke, D- D- Ducey says, and this is the thing that got me. And of course, Mountain Side Fitness said this. Mm. They said, um, so you picked yeah. fitness clubs and tubing? <laughs> tubing? Like the Salt River? First of all, listen, I'm going to say this. Anybody who is tubing in the Salt River has an immune system of steel. <laughs> because they're at that, we call that Poo Poo River. Because listen, I'm I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna make sure everyone understands this. There's a lot of brown trout. <laughs> there's a lot of that. brown trout in that river, and here's the deal: like I got invited. I went I went to Salt River one time in my life. Yeah. I will never no, go I, back. Mm. Did you, have you ever gone? Nope. Don't. I don't plan on it. Because let me just say, my experience of going to Salt I River. Know it goes on. Nobody there. told me. No one told me. They were like, "Hey, let's go tubing down Salt River. It's such a blast. Everyone loves it." I'm like, "Great." So you get on the tube. And no one tells me that you're going to float down this thing for four and a half hours. I'm like, I'm an hour in. I'm like, okay, when's the thing end? And they're like, oh, no, we're, we 
haven't even begun the trip and i'm like what there's like a million people and yeah. people like created those like like rafts together yeah, and they're like, like blasting music and, and they and float their coolers i look and... over i'm sorry this is gonna get a, a bit this is gonna get, uh, this is a revelation but okay just imagine okay i look over at my friend like two hours in and he's sitting in the donut right he's he's he and he's acting kind of weird and squirrely and i'm like what are you what what are you doing and what do you think he was doing? Going to the bathroom. He was using that because you have to use the bathroom. You're yeah. floating down a river for four and a half hours. You got to use the bathroom. There's a lot where, of beer being consumed. Where are you going to use the yeah. bathroom? And I was only like 19 or 20 yeah. at the time. And my friend is using the bathroom. He's got to go. And so he's using the bathroom. And it's and it's not number one. <laughs> he, in the <laughs> And he's floating down. So all that to say, anybody who spends time... In in uh oh. in 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 Salt River and and tubing, um, you've got an immune system of steel. Yeah. Nothing. You're not getting COVID. Nothing is penetrating. If you spend time there, nothing's gonna kill you yeah. because you are immune to everything. You've worked at your your immune system is amazing. You have a better chance of catching an STD than you do COVID. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Gross. But but here's the deal. So um, what what have we been told about COVID nineteen? in terms of uh especially arizona we're like one of the most blessed states yeah because when it's 111 degrees outside um it's they've said COVID 19 like it has a certain like lifespan yeah. that where it can hang out in that kind of heat and that kind of sunlight so so when you know that like why are you picking the tubing like yeah. why are you picking that thing when you got all the sunlight all this heat i mean it's just it's it's something that you go why that and people are asking that, like, why don't you just randomly, arbitrarily pick tubing and then fitness clubs with no evidence that, like, the coronavirus is spreading because of the fitness clubs? Yeah. The deal is, I guarantee you this, and this is what we said about church, those fitness clubs that are opening up, you know. Like, they're they're saying, look, we're, we are having yeah. all these extra sanitizing stations. We're, we're doing these cleaning things constantly. People are even wearing masks. We reorganized the whole club where there's massive mm. social distancing. You are guaranteed to be quote safer yeah. from COVID-19 spread in that club than you would be at Walmart, Walmart yeah. or Home Depot or Costco or whatever the case may be. But he'd randomly picks, arbitrarily picks, I'll pick this one, this one, this one. Why? So it looks like he's doing something when in reality, what I like to see is the courage of this, the, the governor in South Dakota mm. where she's, she's through her parade. Yeah. She's just saying, look, it's serious. Take precautions. Everyone be smart. Everyone be safe. But with the numbers that we see right now, we realize we can't destroy everyone's lives because of this. And the Constitution matters. Yeah. It matters. And people's freedom matters. And we can't sacrifice yeah. uh, freedom for security and safety. And, and in this case, she's trying to say the balance is looking at the data we know about COVID, what's a fact, and then going, yeah, I can't destroy my state because of that. Mm -hmm. um, that's a wise governor. Mm. I like to see a governor, a mayor, a sheriff. I, I know I've seen some stand up and just simply say um i'm not i'm not buying it like i see through the inconsistencies mm -hmm. and i will not destroy the lives of my people yeah, exactly. as a result of this and i would think what doug should have done governor Ducey should have done is he should have basically pushed back against the narrative that the media is spinning it goes from death rate mortality to high coronavirus cases he should have just pushed back against that yeah. and 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 just spoke the truth about all right. the data and said ultimately look what do we want to do do we want to be dealing with coronavirus in in december like we want, you want to be dealing with the same shutdown in december or january mm -hmm. or february because if you don't 
we've got to start opening now. Mm -hmm. We've got to start opening now. We've got to start loving our neighbors, protecting one another, of course, but opening up now so that we can deal with this thing, which is already here. It's already right. spreading among us. There's no way. It's like everyone lives in a fantasy. Yeah. Like somehow if we all stay home, coronavirus is going to be erased. It can't be. Not at this point. It's yeah. spread. Yeah. And it's got to get it, it's going to make its way through the population. Yep. Many people and I'm of of this persuasion believe that it was here longer than we initially thought. I absolutely agree. That many more people already had this and that's being confirmed with the evidence as well that many people had, didn't even realize they had it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's that's something to consider. Yeah. Before we close, did you see Rand Paul destroy Fauci the other day? I did. Pretty epic. That was pretty epic. Uh, you can always well, depend. Well, I'm not on an expert on this. Like, no, that's what everybody's saying. They said you're the expert. Yeah, so. yeah. In the end, our concern oh, is um, is loving all of our neighbors. That's our concern. Yep, exactly. In the midst of this, it's saying love the neighbors who are affected by coronavirus, COVID-19. Love them. Love them well, and then love everybody else too. They matter as well. Matter a lot. All right, guys. Apologiastudios.com is where you guys go to get more. Make sure you guys sign up for all access. Go to endabortionnow.com to get your church signed up. And can I? Can we share that? Um, I want to. I want to read that to everybody. Sure. Um, so before we leave, I want to give you this really, really encouraging uh, message that we just received. Um, uh, so in in light of us saying endabortionnow.com, go there, uh, sign up your church. Check this out. Kelly said, Hello, Apologia. Just wanted to update you on where we are now after your generous gift over a year ago that got us started. We, When you sign up with your church, we send you out training and kits and everything you need to do this, and we don't ask for anything from you. It's all from us to you um, and to help you, and we have ongoing training and support as well. She says this, About 44 babies saved. And three moms repented and believed the gospel off the sidewalk. How you like that? How amazing that is that, guys? A little over a amazing. year ago, this church signs up, this group signs up. 44 babies saved through this one group. Amazing. It, praise God. Uh, so we want you to get started as well. We want to help you. We don't want anything from your church. We want your church to go out and start saving lives. We're prepared to support you, to give you training, resources, all that's necessary to do this work. You go to endabortionnow.com to sign up, and uh, that, that starts the whole process, yep. and we'll be behind you guys the whole way. That's one church, 44 children Amazing. in one year, and three, three women that came to Christ. Yeah. Praise God. Should you be doing this? Yes, Absolutely. you should be doing this. All right, guys, that's Luke the Bear. Peace out. I'm Jeff the Coleman and Ninja. We'll catch you next week right here on Apologia Radio.